As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yo, yo. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I am your co-host, Jovan Buha, the Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And I do not know where to begin with this one. After a perfect 3-0 start to this seven-game road trip, the Lakers have dropped two games in a row, capped by a 15-point loss, 107-92, to to the Detroit Pistons, a 5-14 team, uh, you know, one of the worst teams in basketball. Uh, now, the Lakers were shorthanded, it must be noted. There was no Anthony Davis. He has a right quad contusion, uh, which he suffered in the first end, or the the front end, rather, of the back-to-back against Philadelphia in the first quarter. So AD ended up sitting out. Uh, This is his third missed game of the season, and coincidentally, all three games have come on one end of the Lakers' back-to-backs this season. Uh, so AD has played in only one of the four back-to-backs, or, or rather one full back-to-back uh, out of the four. Uh, pre-game, Frank Vogel said that is not a, a trend. It is not something that the Lakers are uh, purposely doing. It's just a coincidence. Uh, so as of right now, th- there is no set plan for AD to always miss one end of a back-to-back, uh, for, for those wondering. But as far as the game... This was really a disaster from the start. Uh, you know, the, the Lakers were outscored in three of the four quarters. Uh, you, you know, they had the quick start. Uh, Le- LeBron had 12 early points. Uh, I believe had had 14 in the first quarter, uh, 17 in the first half, and only ended up with 22. And after starting six for six from the floor, Finished 8 of 19, so went 2 for 13 the rest of the way. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, who got the start for Anthony Davis, uh, had 22 points and 10 uh, rebounds. LeBron also had 7 rebounds and 10 assists. Outside of that, uh, you know, THT had had some nice minutes, 13 points in in, in 14 minutes. Uh, Dennis Schroeder had 10 points, 4 assists, I believe through 2 quarters or, or, or through 3, had a quiet fourth. But... Otherwise, this was a disaster. Uh, the Lakers shot 41% uh, from the floor, did make 12 of 28 threes, but 
only eight of 12 free throws. And I think you, you felt AD's absence in the foul drawing where LeBron only took three free throws. Uh, you know, they, they missed 80s six to eight to nine free throws a night that you can kind of count on from him. Uh, and, and the bench was a no-show. You know, the, the bench, despite this game being over uh, with a few minutes left and, and Frank Vogel turning to the bench, uh, they only scored 19. Uh, I mean, they scored 32 points, but some of that wasn't in, in the garbage time over the last few minutes. Like, it was a very quiet bench performance. From the Pistons side, uh, they had two guys reached 20 points. Uh, Blake Griffin had his best game of the season, 23.6 assists. Uh, Jeremy Grant, 14.6 assists. Wayne Ellington at 20 points and hit six threes. Blake hit five. Uh, so the, the Pistons ended up hitting uh, 14 threes. Uh, you know, th- th- this was such a weird game, you know, b- because it was one of those games where, and the Lakers have had several of them, where they kind of play down to the competition. They're hanging around the first three, three and a half quarters, and then the Lakers just turn it on in the fourth and, and win that game. This was one of those games where it backfired, and it easily could have backfired earlier in the season against San Antonio, against Memphis, against Cleveland, uh, but it ended up backfiring against Detroit. And you know, the now p- part of it was the margin for error without AD is slimmer, right? Like, and, and you know, Kuz stepped up, uh, THT stepped up, but aside from that, you know, Marcus Sol zero points, zero for two shooting, uh, KCP another quiet night, six points, three for seven shooting. Uh, Trez had only eight points in 23 minutes. Uh, Markeith Morris went 0 for 3. Uh, Alex Caruso, just six points in 20 minutes. Wes Matthews, 1 for 5 shooting, three points. So really, like, everybody else laid a dud. I don't want to harp on, on, on this loss too much. We'll say, you know, the Lakers only scored 14 points in the fourth quarter, which to me is just an utter embarrassment. Like, Regardless, if one of LeBron or AD is out there, you should be scoring more than 14 points in a quarter, especially against a team at the caliber uh, that Detroit is, right? Like if if this was, say, you know, the, the Sixers and it was flipped where they had just played Detroit and now they're in Philly, okay, a 15-point loss, second night of a back-to-back, no AD, like that's totally fine to say Philly, but to, to lose to Detroit like this and really to have the game... I mean, I'm going through the play-by-play right now. It was a four-point game with seven minutes left. Uh, it, it was still a, a five-point game with five minutes left. Um, so, you know, th- this one really got out of hand from the 520 mark uh, to the 230 mark. In less than three minutes, the Pistons extended the lead from five to 15, uh, just completely obliterated well, really, it was even earlier because the Lakers had it within one with at the 840 mark. So the Pistons actually went on a 14, wow, a 16-0 run uh, to take a 104-87 lead with two minutes left. Uh, so, I, I mean, the Lakers just didn't score basically from uh, the eight uh, from the, the the 840 mark of the fourth quarter until the 150 mark of the fourth quarter. So that that right there is almost seven straight minutes without a point. You know, that no free throws, no no threes, no, no nothing. Um, so I, I would just say that this was the second night of a back-to-back, no AD. Uh, clearly the Lakers were tired. I, I felt that they clearly had tired legs in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. 
Um, they, they were not attentive. You know, they, they were not playing their best basketball, especially defensively. Just a lot of breakdowns, a lot of miscues, uh, a lot of open shots for Detroit. So while I, I'm not going to put this all on no AD, second night of a back-to-back, playing down to the level of the opponent, I do think those three factors are, are the primary reasons they lost. And I'm not going to overreact because I, I we're, we're going to get to it right now in the Q&A section. Like the, there's a bunch of overreacting going on after this loss. Um, it is the worst loss of the season. It is inexcusable to an extent. Uh, you know, ha- had this happened with AD, of course, it would be even worse. And um, I think I would have a slightly different tone if AD had played in this game. But, I, you know, I, I think it's a bad loss. I, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I, I'm not going to deny that. Um, you know, I, I'm like you could look at it from a half or glass half full perspective you know I, i'm not going to necessarily say that but I, I just think sometimes you have clunkers you know in an 82 game season or in this case a 72 game season uh, this is one of those clunkers and you know i, I think it, it it does potentially change the tone and, and perspective on the trip depending on how the next two games go because the next two games are boston and atlanta and, and it's very realistic that the Lakers end up splitting those two. Um, you know, there's a chance they could go 0-2 in those two. Now, I would guess that they split, if not sweep those two, and, and end the trip on a high note, probably 5-2, and two, uh, which was my projected record heading into this. But I did not expect one of the uh, seven losses to be Detroit. Now, I did say in my preview on The Athletic that this, to me, was a trap game. I did a, a preview for the road trip. I had one question for each game on the road trip. And my question for the Detroit game was, can you smell the trap in the air? And I just felt coming off of the high of a Sixers game that the Lakers clearly got up for. I mean, it wasn't their best effort, but especially in that fourth quarter, uh, it, it had a playoff-like atmosphere with both teams, you know, really firing on all cylinders and, and, and you know, playing their best players heavy minutes. Uh, you know, like coming off of that, and that letdown of losing going into this game, you know, the Lakers just didn't have their normal juice. And again, uh, you know, this isn't to make excuses, but I think it's just trying to look at it from an objective manner. Um, you know, so I, I don't think there is any massive takeaway that y- you can have from this game. Like, you know, I, I thought THT looked good. Uh, I thought Kuz once again stepped up as a starter and, you know, he was technically playing. Uh, not in his hometown, but but basically in his hometown in, in Detroit. You know, he's from uh, Flint, Michigan. So his mom is in attendance. He talked about how important that was post game. So I think from a macro bird's eye view of this game and just sort of where the Lakers are, uh, I don't read too much into this. Like I, I read much more into the Philly loss and some of the issues from that game in terms of defending Joel Embiid their rotations out of double teams, the inability to stop a guy like Tobias Harris at, at several points in that game, the ability to stop Ben Simmons in transition. Like some of those things I, I find more concerning. This was a, you know, a one of the worst teams in the league getting hot at home, uh, having, you know, one of their better games of the season and beating an AD-less Lakers team. So th- that's it for this uh, I, I'm done with the game aside from any questions that, that people have. Uh, but I, I will say for, for those who did not see it on Twitter, we are trying to name this stats portion of the show where I go over the box score, go over 
certain things I found interesting from the game. So if you have any suggestions, uh, please make sure to reach out to me on Twitter, uh, at Jovan Buha, that's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Let me know if, if you have a idea for the, you know, to, to name this segment. Uh, so now let's transition over to our open forum segment, uh, which is our Q&A. And uh, let's see. So yeah, this, this should be interesting. I, I got a lot of uh, 2020 City of Champs. It's just January. It's just January. It's just January a bunch of times. Uh, Danny Cohan, friend of the pod. Question, the Clippers have a better record than the Lakers since the Yovan trade. What gives? Well, Danny, that's... Uh, we're not going to answer that question. We're, we're going to we're going to leave that one there. Um, it's a slightly better record. Uh, I look. I I I had no part in them losing to the Pistons, so I, I'm going to reject that premise. I am not going to accept any of that blame. This had nothing to do with me. Ethan Markowitz at of Marco twenty four, uh, another friend of the pod. Uh, how close should we move to the panic button? Not close at all. Uh, I do think that losing to the Celtics in like a blowout would maybe, I wouldn't say panic, but it, it would be a little concerning of, you know, the Lakers are now coming off of back-to-back losses and aren't coming out with an urgency uh, in that Boston game. So I would say if they, if they get blown out by Boston, you can start to sound the alarm a little bit um, or just have a little bit of concern, right? Like I, I think it's, 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 a, a green light turning yellow. Uh, but aside from that, if they lose a close one or they win the game, like I think it just kind of resets to, uh, you know, that this team is, is still figuring itself out. It has a lot of moving pieces. It had the shortest off season in NBA history. And it's trying to implement some high usage guys offensively and, and some, some, you know, older guys and, and, and different kind of fitting guys defensively, right? Like, you know, Wes and Mark are, you know, in their mid thirties. Trez is a, you know, a smaller five and, you know, Dennis, I, I think has fit in well defensively, but I, I just think, you know, they're still figuring out some of these pieces and, and they've still been really good. You know, they're now third in the West at 14 and six, but I'm not close to panicking. Aaron Labhan at Barnes 12. If Lakers lose to Boston, would you waver with their title favoritism? That would put them Six and six versus teams over 500. The Nets, Clippers, and Jazz have a better record versus winning teams right now. No. Um, you know, I, I think, again, as long as this team is healthy, I think they're the favorites. Uh, now, you know, we will see what happens in Brooklyn uh, in terms of can they add a JaVale McGee or, or a, a center on the buyout market or, or in the trade market? Uh, you know, what, what do the Clippers do? Do they make another move? Uh, what do uh, jazz? I'm not buying at that level. Uh, you know, do the Bucks do something? Do the Celtics do something? Do the Sixers do something? Uh, you know, I, I think out west it's, it's just the Clippers as a a threat to beat the Lakers, but in the East I think there are multiple threats. Uh, you know, do the Heat do something? They've been struggling. Like I, I want to see what those teams do you know, at the trade deadline, post trade deadline with, with the buyout market. If one of those teams makes a, a major or even minor move that, that improves them, that could change my perspective on this. But as of right now, with the way they're constructed, you know, at full strength health, I would pick the Lakers over any team in, in, in the league right now uh, in a playoff series. Now, again, that can change. We'll see, you know, if the Lakers end up the sixth seed and didn't have a major injury, 
didn't really have any any you know major COVID uh, you know situations, then okay, you know I, I'll reevaluate because I, I think if if they end up as a six seed, then there's something there, right? Like I, I'm not just gonna you know blindly pick them, but you know they were the one seed two days ago. They've now dropped one, two to three, uh, but I, I don't expect them to drop any further, and I actually expect them to bounce back. So. I get I get where some of the concern is coming from, but I just think this is overblown. It's premature, and you know some of this concern is even coming after after wins. And I get that it has not been the sexiest start to the season. There there has been a lot of ugliness at times, but again, like you know, think back on some of the championship teams we've seen in their second season. There there is sometimes a bit of a malaise a bit of coasting into the season. And then you factor in that they had the shortest offseason in NBA history, you know, less than eight weeks. And it makes sense. And, of, you know, of course, it wasn't every Laker player, but for most of the rotation, you know, they had less than eight weeks to unwind from the season, spend time with their family, and then start to ramp back up for basketball activities. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think we can use that excuse for, you know, three months from now. But it does make sense to me why the first 15 to 20 games have been a little shaky. And even with them being shaky, this team is 14 and 6 through 20 games. They're still clearly a top three or four team at worst in the league, but I still think they're the best. And I would not uh, be concerned. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I got some some questions here about Vogel's rotations. Uh, I do think they've been a little interesting lately. Um, he has been riding Trez in second halves in, in, in moments that I would not ride Trez. Um, he's clearly been tinkering with the Caruso, THT, Matthews, KCP, Schroeder minutes. Like those five guys have have kind of been in different variations recently. Uh, So I I do think a positive that will come from that is, you know, hopefully him him getting a a better sense of clarity with with that part of the rotation and, um, you know, what he wants to do with that. Again, it's, it's clear Alex Caruso should be playing more. Uh, one THT, you kind of know if it's a THT game or not based on his first like three minutes. When it's a THT game, he should be playing more. When it's not, you know, then, then maybe you give him the quick hook five to eight minutes. But it, when he's playing well, you know, 10, 12, 15 minutes, like he deserves it. Let's see. Uh, Ivan, the Laker, how does the team's chemistry look on and off the court? I think it looks good. Uh, you know, I think there's been some frustration in recent games, but, you know, nothing concerning three questions here are we too deep for our own good yes and no i think in the regular season it's an asset it it, it helps you eat innings you know lebron and ad have been able to play fewer minutes take fewer shots um you know and and not carry the same burden that they've carried in recent seasons so from that perspective i think that's a positive uh now you know some of the this experimentation that we've seen that hasn't quite worked that is in part because of how deep they are and because frank is trying to figure out 
the correct rotations and, and lineups and, and patterns uh, for each game. So because of that, I think, you know, th- there has been some lack of consistency in, in terms of certain lineups and rotations and, and whatnot. Um, I think it could be like a little bit of an issue come playoff time, depending on who's expecting to play versus who's actually going to be playing. Uh, because the Lakers are not going to roll with an 11 man or, or 10 and a half man rotation come playoff time, right? Like it's going to be eight, eight and a half, you know, maybe nine through the first round, round and a half. And then by that kind of midpoint of the conference semifinals, it's going back down to like eight, eight and a half. Now, of course, depending on who they're playing, they could be, you know, routing those teams and sweeping them and, or, or gentlemen sweeping them and, um, you know, you, you're playing more guys in those scenarios. But I think for the most part, the, your Lakers are going to go eight, eight and a half deep come playoff time. So uh, I, I think that's it's more of a longer term concern. But at the same time, I think everybody knows, like if I'm THT, I'm not expecting currently to be playing in the playoffs. Um, you know, I think where that line gets interesting is the Matthews, Caruso, Keefe. Because I, I do expect as this team is constructed, it's the starting five. It's Trez, it's Kyle Kuzma, like those seven are pretty safe. Then beyond that, you know, Keefe, Caruso, Matthews, THT, those four can probably fluctuate depending on the matchup, depending on the opponent. Though I would say Caruso should be one of the locks. Um, and, and and frankly, you know, again, I'd, I'd put him over Kuz and I'd, I'd probably, I'd put him over Trez too. Like I, I think Caruso up to this point in the season has been their best bench player. Uh, and most consistent and it's not always a scoring right because that's not really what the Lakers ask him to do but in terms of defense in terms of energy the intangibles the little things that he does um, you know again he flipped that Philly game almost single-handedly like he he didn't make every shot he didn't score all the points but offensive rebounds steals um, you know attacking the rim uh, you know taking quick threes one open being assertive like he does those things so there's a lot of value in that. And, you know, I, I don't have to sell Laker fans on Alex Russo playing more, but I, I am with Laker fans and that that should be the case. Uh, from Blake at B underscore Pax underscore, how do you see the rest of the road trip going in the first game back at home against Denver? Uh, I'm going to say now I think the Lakers end up winning the next two games. Um, now, I hope I don't jinx them and, and you guys throw this back in my face, but uh, I, I do think they're going to get up for the Boston game. Uh, I think with the taste in their mouth of of losing a close competitive game to Philly and then also having this Detroit loss on their minds, like I think they're going to come out and and try to send a message in Boston. Now, Boston's a good team. Uh, They're certainly capable of of winning on Saturday and it's a Lakers Celtics game. So, you know, both sides, um, you know, despite it being different players and, and, uh, you know, really just kind of being a battle of jerseys. Uh, you know, you, you know both sides will get up for that game, especially when they're both good at the same time. So I do expect that to be a competitive game, but but I do expect the Lakers to be up for that game. And then in Atlanta, closing out the trip, I think at that point you're you're four and two. Uh, you know, I, Atlanta is, is better than last season, but I think the Lakers have also seen some reps against Steph Curry and, and Dame Lillard. You know, guys who are the predecessors for Trey Young. So. They have some some reps going up against that type of, of player 
And I think that's going to make them, you know, better equipped to defend Trey and slow him down. And he's also kind of been struggling to uh, start the season. Harrison Fagan uh, at HM Fagan. Uh, why do the Lakers suck now? You know, that is a great question, Harrison. Uh, things are clearly headed toward a rebuild around Alex Crusoe and THT. I think the Lakers should just tear it down and build around those two. I think that is a winning formula. Uh, now, nah, I mean, I know he's joking, but... The Lakers are going to be fine. Uh, and <laughs> well, we'll uh, I mean, I got so many questions about why didn't this guy come in? Why didn't this guy come in? Um, I, I think, uh, again, it's just, you know, Frank has some patterns with the rotation, but for the most part, there is some experimentation. Um, so I, I wouldn't, you know, read too much into that yet. Um, <laughs> at 17 rings, LeBron for Beal, who says no? Uh, the Lakers say no, come on. Uh, and on that note, uh, please, like fans listening to this, relax, take a deep breath. Things are going to be fine. Uh, this is the ups and downs of the repeat year. Relax. It's okay. The Lakers are still really, really good. They have a really, really good record. And they're going to, I think, close the, the road trip out well. And, you know, we'll, we'll be having this conversation after the Atlanta game. And I, I think you guys will be feeling better. If not, then I'll be, I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the next two games play out. But I'm not concerned yet. Even if they lose the next two games, I would not be that concerned. So just relax. It's going to be okay. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you ever have any questions, feel free to reach out to me on social or reach out to me on The Athletic in the comment section. If you have not subscribed, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but there's always different promos uh, and deals going on. You can subscribe off of one of my articles. That will help me out. I would appreciate that. Or you could subscribe off of the podcast. So be sure to do that. And I'll be back post-game Boston to talk to you about that game. Talk to you guys then. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.